so we are long into the road in a place called Weraja and here I am meeting Akelot Daniela. I'm gonna let her introduce herself to us. Okay, my name is Daniela Akelot. Currently I'm a research coordinator at Coastal Rehabilitation Hospital. It's a hospital for children and adults with disabilities. That's Ugandan public health specialist and disabilities researcher Daniela Akelot speaking with our reporter Halima Athumani. Thanks for joining us again this week on Africa Science Focus. I'm Michael Kaloki. Around the world, an estimated 1 billion people are living with a disability, and 80% of people with disabilities live in developing countries. Daniela Akelot is one of these people. Well, I grew up in two places. I was born in Mbale, so that's where I had my first three to four years of life. Until I had to move with my family to Kampala because my father at that time had gotten a job. So I grew up at a research center, Kawanda Research Center. So I guess that, that's where my research passion <laughs> develops. Yes. 33-year-old Daniela has worked at the Korsu Rehabilitation Hospital, a specialist surgical hospital on the road between Kampala and Entebbe for about five years now. Daniela says that she never backs down from a challenge. This began at school when she took on the three core laboratory sciences known as PCB. That's physics, chemistry and biology. She tells Africa Science Focus that along with these study challenges came social challenges. Let me go back to secondary HSC. That's where I did physics, chemistry and biology, PCB. And everyone feared PCB. If you did PCB, you were, you were either on the verge of being crazy or you were bookworm, which I was. You do not dress so well. There was a fashion element which I still don't get. And you were the ugliest girls in school. And you, you didn't go to dances. You didn't have a social life. You would be boring. Your conversations would be like that. So I guess. But that does not at all describe who you are. <laughs> I mean, you are a beautiful young lady, you know, with all the glasses. Well, you know, here in Uganda, they always say people who wear glasses are wiseacres. I don't know if that word exists. but yeah. Exactly. In fact, two months ago, I was sitting at the lunch table at the office. This is a hospital, mind you. Well, one of the IT guys comes and sits and says, hey, let, let me join the humanities section. I told him. Okay, I may look like I'm a humanities, but I am a scientist. But I get that you get confused. You're the only one. <laughs> Sorry, it happens to me. Daniela isn't your average lab scientist. She's also a fashion model, an author, and an actor. Everyone thinks all scientists are these boring, unfashionable people and stuff. And then you're a complete total opposite. Yeah. I, I am a model, so. <laughs> That completely baffles people's minds. If if you check out my CV, you can't tell who, who I really am. And that's what I love about doing what I do. So I send my picture to to an agency and 
I know I've, I've always wanted to become a model, but I didn't see myself as beautiful. I didn't see myself as meeting the bus. So when they called me back, I was so shocked. So you actually went on and pursued that passionate side of yours about fashion. You did? Yes, I actually did. When I came back in, to Uganda, I, I, I did participate in two beauty pageants. When was this? Uh, the first one was in 2014, Miss Tourism Tesso. The second one was in 2016. I just returned from Botswana. So I went for Miss Social Media Uganda. I was among the top five. I didn't win, but just reaching top five. And I'm a scientist. <laughs> I proved all the naysayers. You're quite adventurous. I am very adventurous. I'm, and I'm daring too. <laughs> I love a challenge. And I get bored easily. I, I am against following the crowd. So for me, scientists were, were more of a challenge and I'm analytical as a person. So I, I like to analyze situations and find out solutions. And, and once I get it, that's the satisfaction that I find in sciences. Daniela says it took her three years to get her first research position. And while family and friends encouraged her to follow her other talents, she didn't give up on science. When I got my job as a research coordinator, I was the first one there. There was no research department. I look like a teenager and I'm trying to, to organize the research portfolio for the hospital. I'm trying to establish a research committee. I'm trying to build a department. And these are orthopedic surgeons who are good at their job. I actually had a comment once. Uh, one of the MOs that the, the medical officers comes to me and is like, by the way, there's this gentleman, he's the oldest orthopedic surgeon and the best at the hospital. He thinks that you are not capable of doing this job. It's not until five years later that he came to respect what I do. What was it about you that you thought you can't do it and you eventually, I'm sure, proved him wrong? Yeah, he's old-fashioned. So where girls are supposed to be in the kitchen and cooking and we are Africans. There's a challenge getting behind country investigators to respect the views of, of the low-income country. Daniela has her sights set on pursuing a PhD. What makes her achievements all the more surprising is something that, for most of Daniela's life, was invisible. So at, uh, at 28 years old, uh, you were diagnosed with, uh, never heard this before, so I'm going to try and make sure I pronounce it right, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, EDS, a connective tissue disorder characterized by joint hypermobility. Can you just explain what that is? The best way is if I could show you. Yeah. Well, uh, joint hyperflexibility means I can uh, bend my joints in abnormal ways, in extreme ways. Like, if I can do this, I can do this. There's a certain level where joints are supposed to stop. But because of my hyperflexibility, I, I extend further. You, you're going through something in your childhood that eventually, you know, this diagnosis made sense. What was that that you went through when you were young? Growing up, um, I've always been called a weakling. 
I wouldn't carry heavy things, jerry cans. You know, in Africa, girls are supposed to carry jerry cans of water. I couldn't do that. Sports, I was never good at sports. I wouldn't run as fast as other children. I would fall all the time. That's why I have so many scars on my face, on my chin, on my legs. But I'm adventurous, so I'd end up climbing trees. At the end of the day, I would go home crying with a new wound every day. 28 years later, when, when I finally got this diagnosis, I'm like, okay. When you fall or, or you get a dislocation, it's because your, your, your joints have moved out of position. And for me, I could easily pop, pop my joints. So. I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Do you think there's enough awareness, first of all? There actually isn't <laughs> enough awareness. It's a rare disease. It's a rare condition. Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is um, it's not the first thing that comes to doctors' minds when they're diagnosing such issues. Which I think was, was what happened with your doctor. Yes. yes, for years and years I would go to the doctor, he wouldn't give me a diagnosis, he would just give me painkillers or antihistamines to, to help with allergies. Because allergies are, are, are one of the complications of, of EDS as well. So when, when, when you go and complain of joint aches, they think it's arthritis or it's a sprain. And then they just treat symptoms, not knowing that it's a genetic condition. Because of your condition, there's actually, they've started studying it, the hospital itself. Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, just to talk to me about that. I got the uncle's brain. The orthopedic surgeon actually was perturbed at why I was taking long to heal. Sprains take one month to heal. You're taking six months? Six months. He came and he's like, what's going on? Because I had read so much about it, and I had to educate him about our tissues and why people with EDS have prolonged healing. Mm. There was one time when, when, when a patient like me came to the hospital, and was like, by the way, this, this could be the same thing that... Yeah, so he actually referred the patient to me just to talk to the parents and, and talk to the girl and say, yes, you feel this way, but... You're going to live your life. You can live your full life. You just have to pace yourself. I wear high heels at work. Ooh. I'm not supposed to wear high heels at all. <laughs> but because I'm so stubborn, I wear them. The orthopedic surgeon who was helping me with, with my uncle, with my ankle brace, he saw me dancing. It was my wedding. He's like, how are you dancing? Like, okay, I told him, okay, this is what you tell patients. Ask them to wear flat shoes. <laughs> so you I, just I, took I, you just took the question to the wind because it's your wedding. It's my wedding. <laughs> I threw away the heels, yes, but I just had to dance. I love dancing. It was a happy day. I knew I would be in pain yeah. at the end of the day on my honeymoon, but I knew I had the rest of the week to <laughs> to enjoy. And and, and just. They, they, they've now learned to easily recognize such patients. And, 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 and now with the physiotherapist, they, they, they know that, okay, this is hyperflexibility. And they actually study about it in, the, in their CMEs. Having grown up surrounded by prejudice, Daniela is keen to encourage young girls into science. Halima finds out more. Yeah. Well, the other thing that we know you are passionate about is girls' education. 
and you have raised questions about issues of cultural norms that prohibit girls from accessing education. Where does this come from? There are girls in the villages, my village, or in the rural areas who cannot go to school because they're having babies too early. I'm so privileged that my, my parents are pro-girl education. My dad put everything to educate me and for me I believe every girl deserves a chance. I've been told that I, I'm, I'm a feminist so I, I advocate for girls' rights but I believe every girl needs an opportunity to just be herself. Yes, there are house chores to be done, there are babies to be raised, but every girl has a dream and, and they need to be given a chance to, to deliver that dream. Do you think as a society, as a government, we are doing enough to raise the girl child to live their dream, as you say? It's all about cultural norms. These are norms that are found in the families. We need to just go to the families and educate the parents and say, hey, your girl deserves a chance as a boy child. A boy child will, will, will be given education after university. A girl child, as soon as she, she reaches P7, that's, that's the end of it. And that is not fair because both genders have the potential to, to become somebody great and contribute to our society. So, girl or boy, they deserve a chance. Thanks to Daniela Akelot for sharing her inspiring story with us. That's all we have time for today on Africa Science Focus. If you want to find out more about Daniela's career, you can head to the SciDevNet website. That's www.scidev. Net. You can catch up on all Africa Science Focus episodes on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave a review. Today's program was produced by Harrison Lewis and edited by Fiona Broom, with reporting from Halima Athumani. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. I'm Michael Kaloki. See you again next week. This program was funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York.